Here's Papa is brought to you by Just Some Podcast Media. Dun, da, da, da. The views on this podcast are those solely of the host and do not represent the views or opinions of any other institution. <laughs> Welcome to Nurse Papa, a podcast from the heart and mind of a pediatric oncology nurse and father. In each episode, I take a deep dive into a story of parenthood, or I tackle a parenting question from one of my loyal listeners in a segment called Dear Nurse Papa. In either case, I hope to come out on the other side with a better understanding of what makes kids and their parents tick. Hey Papa, what's your story about today? Well, it's about you and your brother. Mm, but mostly about your brother. Cool, Papa, but I need to go to the bathroom before you start the story. What a coincidence. That's exactly what this story is about. Can you hold me, Papa? Sweetie, can you wait for just one second? Papa, I can't hold it. Okay, let's go. Corona, the virus that potty trained my son. Change is often hard. With kids, it's inevitable, but never predictable. It is the expected fate of any dutiful father of young kids to deal with poop on a daily, sometimes hourly basis. Yet before I had kids, I had no inkling of how many times I would view and clean my son's anus. Each diaper change is like a wrestling match with our boy. He fights, he screams, he twists, he rolls. He dares to yell with the bold impunity that only a fearless toddler can muster. Changing his diaper is a physical act that requires two people, leaving us both sweaty and mentally broken. When we're done, I often feel like I might need to change my diaper as well. Even my five-year-old, who has already graduated to a toilet, will not free me from her potty grasp. She'll often sit there for many minutes doing her deed, and she prefers to have company. It gets lonely in there, Papa. She tells me. Together, she and I sit in the bathroom, talking about deep things or reading a book together as she grunts it all out with a cherry red face. By the nature of my profession, I cannot hope to escape this poop experience at work either. It is such a prominent part of the day of a pediatric nurse that I can't even be grossed out by it anymore. This did not stop me from hoping for a poop miracle for our son though. My wife and I were tired of changing diapers. We were ready to move on to the next stage. Before shelter in place became the new spring fad, we had just about given up on this dream. We tried just about everything. We bribed him with stickers and then upped the ante to jelly beans. When that failed, we promised a toy which he had long pleaded for, but even a shiny new excavator truck could not convince him to give up his diaper ways. Still, we soldiered on like the determined parents we were. We diligently checked in with him every hour he was awake, asking him if he needed to go. The answer was always, 
he would stare right into my eyes with a smug smirk on his face, all the while dropping a giant turd into his underwear. As deflating as this behavior left me, I couldn't be mad. Accepting the potty into his life was clearly a developmental milestone he was not ready for. No bribe, beg, or burst of anger was going to change that. In the end, we both decided to stop fighting. It was clear that our obvious desire for our son to move on was actually causing him to rebel even harder. I tried to imagine what the process must have felt like for him. Three months earlier, we had begun to wean his thumb sucking, and now we were upending his routine once again with another big change. He had been accustomed to a diaper since his birth. Between his thumb and his butt, we were turning his world upside down, and he was having none of it. Between our work obligations and his time in school, it felt impossible to enforce a consistent message anyway. Then, a pandemic happened. Just like our son, our habitual routines were upended. Interminal time together at home became our new normal, rather than the exception. We had no excuses. My wife and I lamented that if we could not figure this thing out now, we might need to seriously reevaluate our parenting and also sign up for our compostable diaper service once again. Two weeks and a lot of poopy laundry later, we achieved a parenting victory which we could only have dreamed of beforehand. I was walking by one of the two small potties that sit like Roman centurions in our living room and playroom when I noticed something unexpected inside one of them. Of course, what was sitting there like a gift from the Roman god of feces, whose name is actually Circulius, was a perfectly formed swirl of poop. I was so excited that I started jumping up and down, screaming like a wild animal on acid. I felt like my son had just won the Nobel Prize or invented something really cool which could change the world as we knew it. Forgetting the fact that he had been walking around for who knows how long with an unwiped butt, I picked him up in my arms and danced around the room like a pagan celebrating the new moon. Even though my over-the-top behavior seemed to confuse him, he seemed happy for me all the same. My exultation must have inspired something deep inside of him too. Later that night, he actually requested to use the potty without any suggestion or bribe from either of us. What can we all learn from this story? That patience is a virtue? That love and attention will conquer all? That you simply cannot force another person, especially a three-year-old, to do something that they are not ready to do? On some level, probably all these things are true, and none of them as well. Often in parenthood, a particular confusion or problem with one's child seems fully insurmountable until, of course, it's not. Time is the great equalizer. There is no universal roadmap to raising kids. I've looked for it, but only uncovered dusty old Thomas guides that I can't begin to use to navigate this part of my life as a dad. Even though literally billions of humans have walked this same beautiful and frustrating path, many leaving behind tales of their journeys, each child is different, and the wisdom of experts does not always apply. Often, I am so exasperated by my own parental ineffectiveness, I am unable to accept the rare advice that actually does work. 
For now, we will count our blessings and consider our son's new toilet habits to be one of the positive side effects of this strange, strange time. Now, if only the coronavirus can get my five-year-old daughter to practice her reading and writing without crying and complaining. That, my friends, would be something really special. Dear Nurse Papa. Dear Nurse Papa, it's very important to us that our five-year-old boy participates in household chores such as cleaning up and clearing the table. We don't want to give bribes or treats for these tasks because we want him to view it as a normal part of being in our family. Until recently, we were feeling fairly smug because he was doing all of this excitedly without protesting. However, for the past few weeks he has been refusing to help clean up his toys at the end of the evening or help to clear the table after dinner. We were hoping that if we didn't make a big deal out of it, he would forget his resistance and start joining in family cleanup again. Unfortunately, this doesn't seem to be happening. What do we do? Help us please. Dish Mama Dear Dish Mama, Nurse Papa knows exactly where you're coming from. I too often feel quite smug about most of my improvised parenting techniques until my two kids disabuse me of my self-appointed genius. It happens daily without fail. Parenthood absolutely requires a certain amount of unproven assurance in our chosen methodologies. Don't feel bad that what you certainly thought would work did not. Even though it was ineffective, I think your initial muted reaction to your son's dish-clearing civil disobedience was sound. If parents reacted to every single twist and turn that their kids threw at them, they would simply be reacting all the time, and that is simply no way to live. It also would not work. I remember an evening a few years ago when I completely lost my temper with my little girl when she refused to comply with a series of what I thought were very simple bedtime requests. I screamed. She cried. I screamed some more. She stomped. We both retreated to our separate corners. After my daughter fell asleep in a pile of stuffed animals, I apologized to my wife for losing my cool. She surprised me by saying, It's okay. I would have lost my patience too. Your problem is not that you got mad and screamed, is that you had no game plan. You had no strategy. She won. My wife is a genius. Dish Mama, you also need some strategy to get your son to help with household chores. Kids are never going to want to do what we want them to do just because we want them to do it. You can try one or all of these following three steps. You either have to persuade him trick him, or wait him out. Dealer's choice, girl. Persuade him. With some kids, explaining why you want them to do something is much more effective than bluntly forcing them to do it or passively waiting until they decide to do it for themselves. If you clearly explain to your son that if he does not help to clean the dishes, then there will simply not be any more dishes left to eat on tomorrow night, he might feel persuaded to help out of sheer desire for a clean eating surface. Oh. You can also explain to your son how you feel when he refuses to help out. 
Kids understand intimately what it feels like to need help. If you tell your son that you really need his help in a task, and that the only way it will get done is with his support, you will foster empathy. Empathy leads to understanding. Understanding can blunt the resistance of even the most stubborn child. You've already stated that you don't want to bribe your son to help out, and I respect that decision. I won't lie, bribing absolutely works, but it is a bull you can't walk backwards. If you bribe your child once, it is entirely possible that he or she will demand the same bribe or a commensurate one the next time. It is a tough line to walk and a cranky bull to take to pasture. I do not recommend it unless you have a sizable lollipop stash or simply don't give a shit. Trick him. Oh, dish mama, there are so many ways to trick your kids. It is a true joy to unlevel the playing field by wielding your superior intellect and vastly longer life experience. My wife loves to put a handful of spinach into the fruit smoothies she makes for our kids. It's not just because she is getting them to eat something green. She loves the facade and the harmless deception too. It feels good to win sometimes, people. If God didn't want us to trick our kids every now and then, she would not have blessed us with reverse psychology. The first way to trick your child into doing something he would rather not do is to give him options. Hmm? I understand that this move is not intuitive. Providing options seems like opening Pandora's box, but the reality is, kids will fall under the parent spell twice as often when you give them a choice to do just that. Mm. The trick is to offer a slightly less appealing option, like taking out the trash or changing his brother's diaper, and hope he picks the path of least resistance. I'm guessing your son would much rather clear the table than wipe his brother's ass, and the strange emergence of two choices will probably make him forget that he does not really have to do either. The next awesome trick is to play dumb. Nurse Papa is an expert at this one because, well, he often does not have to fake it. <laughs> Pretend to not know how to do the very thing you want your son to do. Fumble like a clown as you clear the table. Pretend you don't remember where the sink is. Trip over your feet and fall to the ground like a clumsy mime. The pure novelty of his mom or dad being foolishly helpless with an otherwise normal task will make him giggle. It will also melt his glacier of kid defiance and encourage him to get involved. There is a reason that kids absolutely love clowns and will basically do anything they are told by one. Clowns are experts at inciting involvement and encouraging rapt attention in young people. If it were otherwise, why would half our nation listen to Donald Trump, our former accidental clown president? I'm really rich. <laughs> Any parent who has been to a five-year-old's birthday party knows this to be true. Be a clown, dish mama. Your son will applaud you, and then he will follow you. My most favorite trick, though, is to make a game of it. Take that task which they hate and make it great. Kids are playful by nature, and in order to become a master adult manipulator of your playful kids, you need to be playful too. From now on, it's not clearing the dishes and putting them in the sink. It is assisting your UFO armada to the nearby intergalactic space station, otherwise known as the sink. 
Make a fun story out of the task. Create a narrative. There are so many ways for kids to enjoy stories. Reading books with them is simply the most conventional way to do it. When I want to spend some time pulling weeds in the garden, I remind my two kids that there is an, an entire hidden community of invisible elves sleeping out there. I planted the seeds for this story months ago, and my kids still love it. They absolutely adore looking for the elves and discovering the leaf and grass clues to their existence. Make a game out of it, Mama. Wait him out. Dish Mama, I won't lie. None of these brilliant ideas are guaranteed to work. It may require a combination or tweak to any or all of them in order to accommodate your unique son. If none of them work, though, your last resort is to wait the dude out. Kids are mercurial little beings. The moment you think you have them pegged, they change their tune and do something entirely different. Next week. Your son may decide to start helping out with his designated chores simply because he decides it is the right time to do it. He also may decide to start wearing dresses or that he wants to be a fireman. Ultimately, our kids will be exactly who they want to be when they want to be it, and that is absolutely the way it should be. Hopefully for you, that way will soon involve clearing the goddamn dishes. All my love to you. And your dirty dishes, Nurse Papa. Dear Nurse Papa fans, please join the many thoughtful parents around the country who have written to Nurse Papa with their questions about the trials and tribulations of modern parenting. Send your letters to David at nursepapathebook.com and write Dear Nurse Papa in the subject line. I'm excited to read your letters. Remember, Nurse Papa is also a book. Within it, you'll find stories that might just change how you look at life and, indeed, parenting. Nurse Papa has been my labor of love, but it offers much more than my own perspective. You'll learn from the voices of seasoned nurses, some of my young patients, and these patients' parents, each adding their own personal perspective about love, life, death, and learning. Nurse Papa is now available for purchase on Amazon and other bookseller sites. Please consider picking up a copy, and when you're done, leaving a public review on Amazon, Goodreads, or anywhere else where people go to find meaningful books. Thank you so much for your support, and stay tuned for the next episode of the Nurse Papa Podcast. Nurse Papa.